There's a, uh, <clears throat> a scene in an uh, old TV show. There uh, was a comedy, and they were putting on a surprise party uh, for this guy. And so they do all this planning, and they, they get all the decorations, and they get all the food, and they've got all the things. They've gone through all the planning and all the prep, and they're all ready and excited for the person to show up, except for they realize the one thing that they forgot to invite the guest of honor. They completely forgot it altogether. And that was kind of the, the joke of the moment. And all of a sudden, what was about to be a really, really cool, fun experience was now broken and a mess, and it didn't work out. And that is a picture that we get a chance to look at when we talk about what it means to have the powerful, magnificent, majestic Word of God, but not have the Holy Spirit be a part of it. There is this beautiful work in tandem, the Word of God, that the Holy Spirit is meant to come and make it alive. That reading the Scripture can be really, really great, but really, really, hear this, powerless without the Spirit of God coming to make it alive. And so I want to just take some time to look at this morning the role of the Holy Spirit in taking the Scripture, the very Bible that you hold, the Word of God, and beginning to use it to change and transform us from the inside out. What I want to do is I want to just for a second go all the way back to the very beginning where Jesus has gone into the, he went to the cross and into the grave, came out alive victoriously, amazed his followers, began to call them back into life in him and to walk with him. And he's, they've seen him, they've seen Jesus do all these incredible things. They've seen the miracles. They've seen him uh, again, alive out of the grave. And it feels like it's time for them to like get to the business of sharing the truth about who Jesus is, the son of God, savior of the world among us. But Jesus has this instruction is I don't want you to do anything He says, here's the one thing I want you to do. I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit. It was in effect saying, I'm not interested in you doing anything from the flesh. I don't want you to do anything from a good idea. I don't want you to do anything from a moral platitude. I want you operating full of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God on you, in you, to equip you, to lead you. Effectively, what he's saying is this faith that we have is not going to work without the Holy Spirit. It doesn't operate, it doesn't move, it doesn't, it isn't going to change or transform apart from the Holy Spirit. And the same could be said of reading your Bible or grabbing the Word of God, that the Scripture. The words of God, the revelation of God, how powerful it is, it's not going to move without the invitation. This amazing party God wants to have in our lives is not going to happen without the invitation of the Holy Spirit. It's like having a surprise party, really cool things that are ready to go, but the guest of honor is not there to make it alive. And I think we get to see actually all throughout the scripture, and that's what we're going to look at, is that God is ready 
for us to begin to invite his spirit into illuminating his word and changing us from the inside out. It's actually the spirit of God that takes the revelation of God and illuminates it to us in fresh, personal, powerful, profound ways. I think what we're going to find from the scripture is it's not enough to have amazing revelation. There has to be an impartation, and that can only happen with the Spirit of God being invited into our, our reaching after God. We want to invite him. It's amazing to have revelation, but there's a whole new thing where God wants to go. There are things that I want to do in you. There are ways that I want to take this word and apply it to your life. There are fresh insights that are personal to you that I want to use this word and change you. I don't know if you've, um, <laughs> if you've ever uh, done like birthday party, you've done Christmas and you opened up uh, or your, maybe your kids opened up a really cool gift and then it says, this is a really cool toy, really awesome toy. And then it said, batteries not included. And you didn't have any batteries on hand, right? And if it's on Christmas, you're like, Lord, please let there be a gas station open somewhere, right? Because the kid's just eager to play with it. This is what it means to have the word of God, this unbelievable revelation of who our God is to us. He so powerfully gave to us through his servants. But to not have the batteries, to not have the spirit of God going, this is more than beautiful words on a page. This is power for you to live life. But there's got to be an invitation. And I think it's potentially and possibly lacking as we come to the word. And if I could just be honest, how many of you have ever had, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you ever had days where you're reading the Bible going, I don't know, man. This kind of seems boring. This kind of seems empty. And I'm not here to tell you that every time we open the word, we're supposed to be doing cartwheels and jumping up and down. What I am saying is that every time we open the word, the spirit of God is ready and willing to be there to impart his heart to us. But we've got to ask him. John chapter 14, Jesus says in verse 26, the helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. He will what? Teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. This is the role, one of the beautiful, powerful roles of the Holy Spirit is to go, I'm gonna teach you. I'm going to impart to you. I'm going to remind you of the power of this word. That what God said to us, Jesus is going to take through his spirit and make it alive. I'll be your teacher. I'll be your reminder. John 14, you go back just a few verses before that in verse 16. He says, he says of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you. How long? Forever. The spirit of truth. You want to know what truth is? The Holy Spirit is the vehicle by which we receive the truth. And you want to know how I know that? Because let's just be honest. We're living in a day and age where the Bible is being shredded with really broken interpretation. 
me say that again. We're living in a day right now where the word of God is being trashed and abused and mislabeled and misunderstood simply to try to make the scripture fit the age. And so Jesus knew that the word of God is going to need the spirit of God to bring it, bring us into truth. The Holy Spirit is ready and eager and willing to do that in partnership with us. He leads us into understanding. John chapter 16, a couple of chapters over in verse 13, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into all truth. Whatever it is that you need for, for righteousness, for understanding, he's ready to bring it to you and to me. Verse 15, all that the father has is mine. Therefore, I said that the spirit, he will take what is mine and will declare it to you. Now, here's what's awesome. Because depending on where you grew up, um, maybe in your like denominational tradition, when I say Holy Spirit, you're like, uh-oh. I don't know what to do with that. Like I get a father, son, Bible. I get that, okay? But spirit, what do you mean by that? And what Jesus is saying here is, I'm gonna bring the Holy Spirit to you and he's gonna say everything that I say and everything that the Father said. He's gonna take, I love this scripture, he's gonna take what is mine and declare it to you. Just good news, the Holy Spirit is God. And the Son is God and the Father is God. They're one and the same. This is that beautiful teaching that we get through the scripture. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three distinct persons, yet all one. So when you invite the Holy Spirit of God to come and have his way and to teach you and to remind you and to change you and transform you and use his word, you're inviting Jesus to do that in you. You're inviting the Father to do that in you. But it's the Spirit of God that's here present right now. Can we understand that? The Father is in heaven. The Son in body is sitting at his right hand right now, ruling and reigning, and he has sent his very presence who's here right now. Let me say that again. The God of the universe is here right now. He's in this room. If you've called on Jesus, he's sitting in you right now, and he's ready to illuminate his heart. He's ready. He's, holding back. he's not holding back, but he is waiting for the invitation. He is waiting for the invitation. He's longing for that from us. I want to take the word of God that's been revealed, and I want to make it alive to you. I'm going to change you with it. Last week, I, uh, if you got to be here, I just I mentioned this scripture, Ezekiel 36, and how profound it was, how the Lord took that word and made it alive in a fresh way to Megan first and then brought it into our marriage and then it brought it into our children, family, and even this church. And I was just sharing kind of that journey that we went on. But you know, the truth is that word was a word given to the mountains of Israel. And it was promises that God was giving to Israel, right? So you're reading that and you're, I don't know if you've ever, especially when you read the Old Testament, you're like sometimes going like, man, I'm not sure how this is relevant to me. I don't know if you ever read, I mean, 
You ever read the Bible and you're like, I don't know, this feels like, it's talking about like, don't mix the cotton with the silk. I can't, what are we doing here, right? Come on. And you're just trying to figure it out. This is one of those as you're just reading through, these are the promises that God is doing and will do for the nation of Israel. He says, I am gonna do this. And yet, what God does in this moment, uh, as I was describing last week, is he just says, hey, that thing that I promised to Israel, as my wife had her Bible open and is reading this, all of a sudden he says, hey, this thing, this thing that I did for Israel, here, that's a promise that I have for you. This is what I'm going to do in your life. And all of a sudden, this beautiful declaration to what God wanted to do to his people, covenant people, Israel, all of a sudden is now the Lord saying, no, 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 it's not just there. This is what I want to do in you. And all of a sudden, this Old Testament scripture that seems kind of in the middle of this long prophetic declaration from uh, Ezekiel is now becoming personal and meaningful. And now my wife's got promises she's stepping into, and then she's telling it to me, and I'm going, oh my gosh, these are promises for now us and also for our children so that we have things to pray into and believe and ask and continue to set our heart toward. This is the power of what it means to take the word of God. But when the spirit of God comes, all of a sudden he illuminates it in a fresh way. And that's just one of many ways in which the Lord wants to take his word, but then just make it alive. And the question is, will we invite him into that process? In Ephesians Paul prays this amazing prayer. It's one of my favorite. There's several prayers that he prays over the, over the churches throughout his letters to the different churches. But in Ephesians chapter one, he begins to pray. You can turn there if you want to. In Ephesians one, we're gonna start in verse 17. Paul says, listen, I, I, I love being able to pray for you. I thank God being able to pray for you. And here's what I'm praying for you. Here's my prayer. He says this in verse 17, I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. So I'm praying that the father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This is the power of the word. I want to impart to you. I'm praying that the God wants to impart wisdom and revelation for what? For knowing him. For knowing him. Meaning it takes the spirit of God to come and to grant revelation and wisdom for knowing who he truly is. Meaning this is a supernatural book that we have. It's not just words on a page. It is quite literally the only book you'll ever have to be able to read where the author is present with you right as you read it. Ready to speak to what your eyes are moving over as you look over the page that chance to say, Lord, Holy Spirit, what does this mean? What are you saying to me? How does it make a difference in my life? What are you calling me into today? 
and asking him and having the author right there and present, ready to give life to us. And the Holy Spirit gets to come and he gets to whisper into our hearts. He puts impressions. He gives us thoughts. He opens our eyes. He illuminates. He begins to open up. And this light gets to turn on in a fresh way. He begins to unpack what happens when you and I ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And here's what he says. He just begins to explain it. How does it work? Ephesians chapter one, verse 18. So I'm asking that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so that the eyes of your heart enlightened, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Now, what does that mean? I love this about, this is one of the great things about who God is. Eyes of my heart, right? Meaning this, you and I are vibrant, powerful, beautiful expressions of the infinitely beautiful, powerful God. Every one of us here are made in the image of God. You carry that. That's what you and I carry. We, and no other being on the planet or in the universe holds what we hold. We are the image bearers of God. You are full-fledged, feeling, living, alive representation of what God is like in his image. But there was a problem. What was the problem? Sin came in and messed up that expression in full and fully and perfect ways. It made us, in fact, what the scripture says is it made us dead. So sin came in to ruin this beautiful, powerful expression of being those made in God's images. In fact, we're in Ephesians 1. It just a a chapter over, a few paragraphs over in Ephesians 2, it says, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But it says this, but God. So we were, sla- it's a, we were literally slaves to darkness. It says, but God, because of the great love with which he loved you and me, he made us alive made us alive and changed us and transformed us. Meaning he came in and he did what the scripture calls, he gave us a new birth. And what does that mean? All of the sudden, you and I have a new life and we begin to see in new ways. What I mean by this is not seeing here anymore, seeing here. So when he says the spirit of God is going to give you, a, he's going to give you wisdom, spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him so that you would know that you would have the eyes of your heart enlightened. What it means is all of a sudden you're going to get to perceive and see the supernatural in a brand new way. All of a sudden you're a different person. You're no longer just seeing here. You begin to see here and begin to discern what it means to be image bearers and carriers of the life of God in us, to see the supernatural. So the Holy Spirit is taking the word of God and illuminating, waking our hearts up. He says, open the eyes of your heart, meaning hearts alive, beating, 
sensing, feeling, walking, knowing this God of the universe and what he wants to say through us. To have our hearts to be able to see and to hear and discern the supernatural thing that God is saying. It's not just the natural, it's the supernatural we get to begin to see into. Listen, as uh, good old red-blooded Americans, we love the natural. We love what we can see. We love, we, we, love, we love the Greek philosophy that's transferred over to Western culture. We love our minds and we love to reason. Listen, I'm all good with that. I'm thankful for sight. I'm thankful for the senses. I'm thankful for reason. I'm thankful for our minds. It's powerful. But the Lord is saying, that's amazing, but I want to open up the eyes of your heart to see the supernatural, what I'm doing. And that's important because we live in a very natural world, but it's being ruled by the supernatural God. Meaning, hear this, there are supernatural realities God wants to speak into and over your life that go beyond the natural. And we'll talk about this in so many ways where God says, I'll give you peace that supersedes what's in the natural. Meaning you're walking through something in the natural that seems like no peace. And God says, I'm, I have peace to give you. I'm the supernatural God. I can come over each and every circumstance going on in your life. He's the supernatural one. And so Paul's praying it's going to take a spirit of wisdom and revelation for you to begin to see what I have to say to you. And you need your heart, the eyes of your heart, alive, ready to see in a supernatural way what I want to impart. And then he's just going to tip his hat to what God wants to reveal through his word. He's going to give to us, and I'm just going to, we'll finish with this, just three things that God wants to, that we, we can ask God's spirit to do. Whenever we're open the word, He's going to just give us three core basic things that you and I get to, to have or to ask him whenever we open the word of God up. And I love each of these things. So the first thing is he's going to say, we get to ask this question, Spirit, what fresh hope are you stirring in me today? Every time you open the Bible, you know, if it gives a reading plan or you're doing a, uh, you have a devotional that you're walking through, these get to be on the forefront of your heart when you do this. Spirit, what fresh hope are you stirring in me today? Look at Ephesians 1.18. You have the eyes of your heart enlightened, what? That you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Know what is the hope. What is the hope of his calling in you? Meaning, God has fresh hope to impart to you today. No matter what you're walking through, the word of God has hope and life to bring to us. And so we got to ask him that question because God, want, one, wants to tell you and me about himself. He wants to impart who he is, right? When you're asking this, God, I need hope today. What you're ultimately saying is, God, I need to know who you are. I need to know what you're like. Like your circumstances might really be tough today. When you and I come to him and we say, I need fresh hope, you know what we're saying? What we're saying is, listen, my life is not going to be dictated by my circumstances. My life is going to be dictated by your word over me. It's the invitation. Lord, would you come and have your way? I want to acknowledge what I'm walking through is painful or difficult or hard, or I don't understand or I don't know, but I am asking you, Lord, would you give me fresh hope? 
Let me see who you are and what you're doing. What hope do you have? So when I open the word of God, it's getting to ask him that question. Lord, what are you, who are you and what are you saying? What's the hope that you have? And then he goes on to say, number two, spirit, remind me about what you say about me today. Remind me of what you say about me. Ephesians 1 says, okay, so we need spirit of wisdom and revelation to impart, open the eyes of our hearts so that we would know the hope of our calling and then what? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Now, uh, there's two parts to this invitation. One, hey, can we just acknowledge how, um, how, what an incredible inheritance that we have in Jesus. Just what we get in him, his life, his power, his hope, his peace. We get restored, healed, forgiven, made whole, given life, given power. These are all the things. This is the incredible inheritance that you and I have in Christ, a guaranteed promise, a future secured, like no matter what pain or what the scripture would call light and momentary affliction that we walk through, like unbelievable joy. Un, unfathomable goodness, that unfathomable goodness. That's an amazing inheritance we have. Except that's not what this scripture is saying. What you and I need a spirit of wisdom and revelation to impart to us is for us to begin to understand the inheritance that we are to the Son. Let me say it again. God wants your eyes, the eyes of your heart, enlightened to know what kind of inheritance you are to the God of the universe. Now that's amazing. I want you to think about that for a minute. That's woe. Woe. Let me say it again. God wants your, the eyes of your heart wide open to understand the inheritance that you are to him. Psalm 2, it's a prophetic, it's the messianic psalm, prophetic psalm about Jesus. And he says, the father says, ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth, your possession. You and I are an inheritance to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Therefore, because of what he did, you have worth and value you don't even know about. Meaning there's more for you to perceive. Let me say this again. You haven't begun to perceive, to understand who you are because of Christ, the inheritance you are in him. It's an unbelievable thing that we get to chance to be refreshed in what he says about us. This is less like coming to the Bible as a roadmap and more coming to get God's heart for us, right? First, he was saying, I want the eyes, uh, it's, it's the eyes of my heart open. Now he's saying, I want God's heart open to you. What he says about you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? By the way, I don't love that word. It's not a great word. Saints is not a good word. I'm just going to be, it's, a, it's not a great uh, interpretation in my humble opinion, and I'm not a scholar, so you can take it for what it's worth, all right? 
The actual Greek word here is hagios. You know what that means? Holy ones. It's actually the exact same word. So when you see in Scripture the word Holy Spirit, it's hagio pneumatos. And what he says is, I want you to have your eyes open to understand what is the inheritance that Jesus has in the holy ones. My holy ones. Same word, hagios. I'm just, by the way, I'm not a Greek scholar. If you're a Greek scholar, I'm sorry. My son's taking Greek, and every time I try to do Greek, he just rolls his eyes. I'm really bad at it. But what I do know is this. What he just said is, it's important for you, for the Spirit of God to tell you the inheritance that he has in you, his Holy One. God wants his Spirit present to reveal your true identity. You're one of his Holy Ones. Now, that's cool. That's what the Scripture literally and actually says. And then he finishes... uh, with this number three, which is this last little part in verse 19. Spirit, show me the power I have to follow and obey you. Show me the power that I have to follow and obey you. Ephesians 1, what is the, verse 19, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? Incredible power that is available to us who believe. Meaning you and I need revelation and wisdom about the immeasurable greatness of this power that God has for you and me right now. Why? Because can we just agree? We need it. We need power, man. We need power to overcome. We need power to say yes. We need power to step into truth. We need power in our marriages and we need power in our families and in our homes and in our workplaces. He has this immeasurably great power towards those who believe. He wants you well aware, the eyes of your heart open to like, what power is in me today to live out your calling? And not only that, the truth is you and I need power to overcome the offense of our flesh against the word when the word's coming and calling us out on some things. How many of you ever been in that place, right? You're reading the scripture and you're like, oh man, I don't, I just want to let the sun go down and be angry. Is that okay, Lord? You know, right? First Corinthians 18, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And what the spirit is here to do is just to say, hey, Whatever I want to do to change and transform in you, I've got power for you to do it. And it's going to come from my spirit. But you've got to invite him. So that whatever it is that God has for you today, you have access to the immeasurably great power to do it, to step into it through his spirit. And so the question is, can we begin to invite the Spirit of God to have his way when we open his word? To begin to say, God, what do you want to say to me today? 
What, what do you want to illuminate in my heart? What are the things that you want to teach me about hope? What are the things that you want to teach me about my identity? What are the things that you want to impart to me to overcome? Power that you want to give, to lead me into truth, to remind me of your words, to give me power to believe, to impart and make me like you. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to give to us. If we'll ask him. And so I want to just take a couple of minutes this morning and ask him. And so you guys can put down your notes. If you want to, or put down your Bibles. We're just going to take a couple of minutes. Just to invite the Holy Spirit to have his way. Father, we're just here to take this one moment to pray, meaning to come to you and just to ask. And we just want to trust your word. So here's what we're going to ask. Would you impart right now your spirit of wisdom and revelation over my life. Just ask him that right now as a good father. It's just an invitation. Would you just ask him, would you open the eyes of my heart to begin to see you more fully right now? Please. I see the things in the natural and I want to see you, the supernatural God, over all my life. Just ask him. just where you're at, would you just ask him, Holy Spirit, would you now reveal to me fresh hope today? Some of you need this really bad, fresh hope. What is the hope of my calling? Would you tell me again? Just ask him.
If you, wherever you feel discouraged, would you just tell him while you're asking him that? I feel sad. I feel hurt. Tell him and then ask him for fresh hope today. Would you just ask him this? Or would you tell me right now what, what inheritance I am to you? Ask him that question. Would you tell me what I am? The inheritance that I am to you. Would you ask him that? If you feel, all you feel is toxic shame and guilt because you haven't measured up, would you just release that to the Father right now? Like, I'm not an inheritance, I'm a mess. If that's that voice in your mind, would you just give that to the Lord like as an offering to Him? I want to hear what you have to say. Tell me what inheritance I am to you. And then we just finish here. Would you say, okay, God, now I need power. Would you ask him right now? I need your immeasurably great power. Power for living, power for deciding, power for choosing, power for obeying, ask him. Holy Spirit, we're asking you to impart all that you are, all the truth of who the Father is, the Son is, Son of God, you're welcome here. Father, you're welcome here. Spirit, you're welcome here to do what only you can do. Now, we are asking that you would take your word and make it alive to us. We're inviting you in to every time we open your truth. We thank you for your revelation, but we want the impartation of your heart to us. And we request that. We thank you that, that your promise 
is to never leave or forsake us. So anytime we ask you, you will meet us in that place and impart. And we receive that promise this morning again fresh. going to finish this morning just to, I'm going to pray a blessing over us as we go. Before we do that, I, we're going to have a few prayer partners just ready to pray with you. If you, if you, assistance, if you're in a, in a place where you feel like God's a million miles away, like you know in your head that he's close and near, but you feel like he's far away, we want to pray into that. We'd love to pray with you about anything, honestly, going on in your world or just partner with you and your family or, um, but we're eager to come in and bless each other and speak life over each other and pray for each other. So we'll have some partners here that would love to do that. You guys stand with me. I'm just going to pray a blessing as we go. Father, thank you for your goodness this morning. We're asking even now, Lord, would you bless and keep us? Would you make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us? Lord, would you lift up your countenance upon us this morning and impart your peace that comes from your spirit. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Blessings, guys. We love you. We'll see you next week. So have some prayer partners up front.